1: After a day off yesterday, we are back, and better than ever, on this Wednesday, October 12th, the year 2022. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite. He is spinning the tunes, pushing all the right buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on in Lake Charles on 104.1 FM. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com. 1041 thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area and you're near a television set, just plop it on because we are also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did
0: you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines.
1: Uh, There were four games in the major league baseball playoffs and boy it was some kind of fun philadelphia held off atlanta to win their first game seven to six in the american league the yankees fell behind but rallied and beat cleveland four to one and the los angeles dodgers continued their mastery over san diego winning their game at chavez ravine Five to three, but by far, hands down, the single most exciting ball game maybe of all year happened at Minute Maid Park. And this was a game where Seattle took the lead and never looked back until things started to get interesting late. You got to get 27 outs. And for most of the game, Seattle was in charge until... The bottom of the eighth, when former LSU Tiger Alex Bregman stepped up to the plate, the Astros were trailing 7-3, to three, but as he has done time and time again in the playoffs, Bregman delivered. Munoz with the
0: 2-1, and Bregman hits it in the air, pretty deep to left center field, going back on it is Kelnick, looking up, see you later! Off the community leader's side, a two-run home run for Alex Bregman. And the Astros trail 7-5. to five.
1: It would oh, it stay that like way. Hits. It would stay that way. Top of the ninth. The Seattle Mariners try and up the lead a little bit more uh, with Julio Gonzalez at the dish. Oh, does Kyle Tucker come up with the defensive play of the game? 3-2.
0: And Rodriguez hits it in the air, pretty deep to right center. Tucker racing back onto the warning track. He leaps and he makes the catch crashing into the wall. Took away extra bases from Rodriguez with an absolutely sensational play.
1: That was a sensational, sensational catch and Julio Gonzalez was thankful for Kyle Tucker to be out in the field like that bottom of the ninth two on two outs the Mariners make a pitching change Robbie Ray comes to the mound for a lefty versus lefty matchup with Jordan Alvarez two on two out bottom of the ninth Alvarez hits the shot heard round the world two outs bottom of the ninth Jordan
0: Alvarez at the plate Representing the winning run for the Astros, who trail Seattle 7-5, the 0-1. And Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Gets it, goodbye. Unbelievable. The Astros, a walk-off win. You're Alvarez, a walk-off three-run homer. And the Astros stunned the Mariners in game one of the division series.
1: Holy cow. Couldn't believe it. What an encore. What a win, and they'll resume game two. I don't know, Seattle rallied from far behind um, in their wild card series to get to the divisional series, and then they do this and fall to the Houston Astros. Who knows what is going to be the result from that? Who knows? Um, LSU football prepping for a trip to the swamp in Gainesville, Florida. Will Campbell was released from the hospital on Monday and practiced yesterday, Brian Kelly said. LSU expects him to play against the Florida Gators. Um, so we'll have much more on that as the day goes on. Um, the Raysian Cajuns are in action tonight, a very pivotal ball game as both the Cajuns, 0-2 in Sunbelt Conference Play, and Marshall, 0-1 in conference play. They need to get on the board. They need to get on the board. This is the second meeting between the two teams. The last time was 10 months ago in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl when the Cajuns under Billy Napier won 36 to 21. This is their first meeting as Sunbelt Conference members. We will um, detail that here shortly gerald broussard will join us from the broadcast booth in huntington west virginia uh for that michael Huguenin will join us as well as we'll go over all the big matchups in college football and there are some doozies none bigger none bigger than alabama at tennessee uh we've got matchups of top 10 teams Number 10, Penn State at number five, Michigan, just to name another one. How about um, TCU Uh, battling things um, against Oklahoma State? That's a matchup, uh, man, a good one, a very good one. And we've got number 15, North Carolina State, number 18, Syracuse. We'll go through all of that. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us. We'll talk about uh, the New Orleans Saints as they – Welcome Cincinnati and Joe Burrow to the fray. So that's where we are today. Don't forget, tune in tonight from 6 to 7 for the McNeese Coaches Show presented by Maplewood Burgers, Line a bit out of Westlake and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzolo will be talking tonight with the head basketball coaches, Lynn Kennedy and John Aiken, as the McNeese Coaches Show will be broadcasting from the Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road. Tune in tonight. For the McNeese Coaches Show, right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We will take our first time out of the day. When we come back, we're heading to Huntington, West Virginia, and to Joan C. Edwards Stadium at 6.30 tonight. It'll be nationally televised on ESPN2, the Cajuns and the Thundering Herd. Gerald Broussard, the former Cajun player, former Cajun coach, current Cajun color commentator, will join us for an on-site preview of this very, very pivotal contest after this timeout on the Jordy Heldberg Show. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, You're home for the Tigers and the, wow, come from behind Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m.
0: and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: And we are back at 12 minutes after the hour. Let's go out to Huntington, West Virginia, where tonight at 6.30 at Jones C. Edwards Stadium, the Raging Cajun will try to get their first win in Sun Belt Conference play this season, taking on the Thundering Herd. Uh, on the call of the game, uh, the former Cajun player, Cajun coach, now color commentator, our good friend Gerald Broussard joining us. Gerald, how are you, my friend? How How's the weather in Huntington?
2: I tell you, I wish we were playing now because it's really nice. I mean, it's a little bit cool, got a little bit of breeze in the air, but it's bright sunshine and it's... Uh, it's really scenic up here. We're staying in yeah. Huntington, which is right on the Ohio River. As I stand, I'm in the hotel. We haven't left yet for the stadium. I'm in the hotel looking across, out of the room. I'm looking across the river into Ohio. So it's right at the at the state line. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's nice right now. Now, I'm afraid that's not going to be the case at, at game time, but we could have some weather issues at game time. But for right now, it's really nice.
1: Hmm, okay. <laughs> weather issues, um, We we shall see. So... No Chandler feels this is Ben Willeridge's opportunity to show what he can do uh, as the starting quarterback. He gets his shot. So does Coach Dez change things up, or does he keep everything the same?
2: No, I think he's going to do more of what's what's best for Ben. I, I know that, uh, and, and 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 whether that's similar to what's best for Chandler, everybody's got the kind of the things that they're better at uh yeah. and, and so I'm, I'm hoping that you know they spend some time with ben and say hey look it, it's yours moving forward from when you watch know, chandler's out let's see what you like let's see what you feel comfortable with and let's kind of go with that and lean on it i think ben uh shows the ability to run he's got a competitive streak running the football you know people talk about chandler having maybe a little better on with the depot and that kind of stuff so you know if, if you do buy into that then maybe see a little more, more quarterback run type stuff now I say that with a little bit of hesitancy, Jordy, because, you know, you you lost one quarterback because of running. You don't want to lose the other one because of that, but uh, especially against a really good Marshall defense. But I'm I'm really anxious to see how Ben is able to do with knowing that he's the guy and and doesn't have to prove himself every series, but he's the guy and going to play with it that way. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Certainly what would help him would be having Chris Smith healthy and available he had that hamstring injury late in the South Alabama game. I haven't heard anything about him being cleared to play. Is he on the trip, and what's his status, if if you know?
2: I, I, I really would be surprised if Chris plays. Uh, I, I, and look, between Gerald and Jordy, just kind of whispering to you right now, yeah. I didn't see. Him. And so that's, okay. uh, I, I can't confirm that he's not on the right. trip. I didn't see. And so I, I'll be real surprised if Chris plays tonight. I think that, you know, he... He pulled up there towards the end of the game with what looked like a hamstring. You know, we never know. They're not going to be direct with it. But, uh, you know, I I think that there were some some issues with him being able to get the reps he needed during the week and getting ready for it. And, and again, I just – you're right. It would be really nice to have it. I just don't think that's going to happen.
1: Um, speaking of running, that's what Marshall does pretty well. And the Cajuns did a really nice job against South Alabama. Uh, Kalen LeBourne is a pretty good runner fourth in the FBS in rushing yards with 731 seventh in rushing touchdowns with eight. So once again, the Cajun defense is going to have to step up and stop the run. Yeah. I've got to imagine that's one of the keys.
2: It really is, and I tell you another thing, Joy. From what we're hearing, rumors are running around. You know, Laborn was a backup last year to Rasheen yep. Ali. Rasheen Ali right. was a freshman All-American, has not played all year. Some personal issues, and, and whether or not he was on the team, not on the team. Don't know for really why, but uh, he is on the roster now. And you know, the rumors we're hearing around here is that he could make an appearance tonight, and that would huh. add a two-headed monster to him. That would yeah. be two really good players. Uh, we know that, that, you know, Kalen LeBorn has been playing well this year, but uh, like I said, Rashin Ali is special and we saw him in the bowl game and, uh, you know, they been Marshall's been doing what they've been doing this year without him. And if they get him back tonight, then that would make it even tougher on the Cajun defense. But, but look, I'm just, you know, Cajun defense have, have, have played well and have played well enough to win the majority of the games that they've, they've been in that the Cajun that played this year. It's just that they need some help from the other side and from special teams and, Uh, If Ali is there, it's going to be even more of a challenge, but I do expect the Cajun defense to be able to step up because, to be honest, Georgia Marshall has struggled to throw the football offensively. The guy that was their quarterback last year is now at at Virginia Tech playing quarterback for them. And, um, you know, so they they have not been able to throw it as well as they've wanted to, even though they got a Columbine guy who's playing quarterback who's transferred from Texas Tech. But, you know, uh, to be honest, they're, they're a run football team. Right. And uh, the more they can run it, then the better it, it, it'll be for them. And if they get this other back back, it'll be even tougher to
1: stop. Now, they were picked to finish fourth in the East in their first season in the league. We all know that UL was sec- selected not only to win the West Division, but uh, to win the Sun Belt overall. Things have been a little topsy-turvy. I just hope that the Cajuns don't face the thundering herd that went on the road and beat Notre Dame and South Bend earlier this season.
2: Yeah, that was and that was a special game. It was a great win for the league. You know, with Marshall coming into the league, getting yeah. a lot of recognition the same weekend that we had a, an A and M win for the league, and and you know those kind of things. That was from Appalachian State. I'm sorry, but right. but yeah, the you know the team that that we've seen Marshall be has been a good defense. Now, when when the offense is able to make some plays, they're they're really tough, and and so um you know a, a lot of people in South Louisiana know Lance Guidry Lance is from Welsh Louisiana played defensive back at McNeese walked on over there and became a really good player there has been coaching. was actually the head coach of McNeese for a while and also the head coach of Caracore High School Lance yeah. is defense court there up here and uh He does a really good job with his guys, and and, and Lance and I coach together. I know what kind of man he is, what kind of football coach he is, and and they'll be ready. But they've been able to do what they've been able to do uh, because they control the football on offense, and they play really good uh, on defense.
1: Uh, This is uncharted territory for the Cagnes. They've lost – Three straight games, including their first two Sun Belt games at Louisiana Monroe and South Alabama. That's their worst start to conference play in almost 20 years. What do they have to do to not lose four straight games?
2: I think your you, your verbiage there, Georgie, is fitting. Uh, Georgia is fitting when you say not lose. I, I think that the two the two games the Cajuns have, have have not won uh, kind of. Tens of the Cajuns not making plays and, and and allowing the other team, you know, it's one thing to get beat; it's another thing, it's another thing to lose. And, yeah. and I think that that's the thing the Cajuns have got to be able to do is not 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 make it harder to win the game by losing the game. And then I think if you can minimize those those turnovers and minimize those negative plays and 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 eliminate the, the explosives and those kind of things, which are all you know, I, I know it's cliches, but truth be known, those kind of things. Just don't beat yourself and make the other team have to execute. And then and then I think you'll have a much better chance. I think if the Cages don't do that at this point, then, you know, at worst you're 4-1. And, one. and uh, But, you know, for, for now, and this is a team that Marshall plays very similar to that, too. They, they, they don't want to beat themselves. They want to minimize the turnovers. They want to play good defense, be solid in the kicking game. And so I, I think that the weather could play into play. What we're expected is that some thunder showers. And George, that's the one thing you don't want to hear when you're on the road because oh, you worry about God. weather delays. You know, so yes. uh, we're going to get back late enough. We don't need no help from God with that. And so you know, if we can if we can keep it clear and just let us play on time, I think we'll be okay. But I do think it's going to put a bigger key on the running the football, taking care of the football, securing the football, and, and those kind of things. And just don't don't lose, and you got a much better chance to win.
1: All right. I know you're busy. I know you got to get on a bus and go. I, I greatly appreciate your time and your candor. Hey, safe, safe up there. With I hope the thunderstorms go away uh, and safe travels back and let's get, let's get the Cajuns to win, man. We'll be, we'll be listening and watching. Uh, and thank you for your time as always.
2: You bet. Appreciate you, Jordy.
1: Yeah, you're the best. That is uh, my buddy, Gerald Broussard, 630. Again, the Cajuns and the thundering herd. Um, no Chandler Fields. Does not look like uh their best running backs going to be able to play as well. So next man up, right? Like they always say, we shall see. It's going to be a tough task for um, the Cajuns tonight. Gotta, mm, don't have a good feeling about this one. A time for you to warm up your dancing legs for the official run and duathlon of Festival Acadian at Creole. Race uh, through Lafayette's historic district. End up at Girard Park for Festival Acadian and Creole on Sunday, October 16th. Compete in the 5K, the 10K, or the Run Paddle Run in the Duathlon. Taking part in the event helps support local parks, community projects, and the festival that you love. Volunteer or register at latrail.org. That's latrail.org. We'll take a quick time out here. When we come back with some great games in college football, Mike Huguenin will join us. We'll talk about the week that was and the week that's coming up. It'll be big time here on the Jordy Heldberg Show. On the game, 103.7 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana.
0: Uh-oh. Do you know what day it is? Huh? Anybody? It's time for Jordy to break down the biggest storylines in college athletics with Mike Huguenin of On3.com. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Here is Hump Day with Huguenin. Woo-hoo! On the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Oh, I can tell Mike Huguenin is excited. We got the best weekend of college football to come. But before we get to that, we got to take a look back at some of the big matchups that took place last week in week six. Mike, good afternoon, my friend. How are you?
3: Doing uh, doing quite well.
1: Um, I tell you what, Golly, Alabama, closer than expected win over Texas A&M. Texas dominated Oklahoma. UCLA had a big win. But how good is Tennessee in your book?
3: Yeah, Tennessee's offense is quite good. I was a little bit surprised that that LSU did not take more advantage of Tennessee's defense, especially their secondary. They got a good pass rush, though, and that's been a – Every time I, w- I seem to watch LSU, Jaden Daniels is-, is running around and not always, I don't think, because he wants to. But um, Hendon yeah. Hooker is-, is doing a great job in Heupel's offense. They have good receivers. Heck, they were missing their best receiver last week. The running backs are fine. The offensive line does a nice job. That is a really good offense. And if Bryce Young doesn't play this week, Tennessee's Ooh. winning, I think. So.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Um UCLA's on the rise. I I god, I thought Chip Kelly was in danger of uh you know, of just falling out of relevancy, but UCLA with a 42-32 victory over Utah, um Dorian Thompson-Robinson keeps passing it. Uh Zach Charbonnet keeps running it. Uh the, UCLA surprised me.
3: Yeah, they're, they're they are really good offensively as well. Uh, and that final score was, frankly, not indicative uh, of the way they they dominated. Utah scored on a pick six with about 15 seconds left to make it a 10-point game. Uh, Thompson Robinson is in his fifth year in Chip Kelly's offense. Um, he is extremely comfortable in that offense. They don't throw it all that much, but he's completing 75% of his passes. Uh, and he's still a very dangerous running threat. And Zach Charbonnet is in his second year in that offense after transferring from Michigan, and you can see his comfort level as well. And I think the one thing, you know, Charbonnet is an L.A. kid who went to Michigan, played there for two years, and transferred home. If you watch him play, he has, he, he has really good speed, and he's also, my God, this guy's an, he's a physical, physical, yeah. physical runner. I mean, he, yeah. we had a story on, we do a weekly thing with the Senior Bowl, Jim's, uh, Senior Bowl's Jim Nagy, their right. executive director, and his point was it's almost like Charbonnet seeks out contact because he wants to run you over. Yeah. And you watch the kid run and he, he runs violent. Um, the receiving core is solid doesn't have to be great because they don't throw the ball out that much. Their best receiver is a transfer from Duke. Um, the defense had a, makeover in the offseason from the transfer portal, five starters came in. So, you know, Chip Kelly is not a good recruiter. But in the age of the portal, um, that offense is, I think, if you're a skilled position player, especially a running back, hey, that's a good offense to play in. And defensively, I think it's a case of, I'm, um, you know, I want, I want to be seen, I want to play in L.A., I want to get some more notice, I want to wear the best uniforms in college ball, I want to yeah. play UCLA. So th- this is a really good UCLA team, and again, I think the comfort level of Thompson Robinson and the comfort level of of Charbonnet make it that whoever beats UCLA is going to, have to play a great defensive game.
1: UCLA USC a combined twelve and zero through week six. Oh, what could we only hope for? Those two teams to be on a collision course in the Pac twelve um, with that rivalry. Wouldn't that be something?
3: Yeah, that'd be awesome. And the, the person that would be happiest would be the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin yep. Warren, because he's taken both those schools away. <laughs> That's but, right. yeah, I was. <laughs> Winslow, I mean, those of us of a certain age remember when UCLA USC was gigantic. Oh, yes. You had Terry Donahue versus John Robinson, those games in yep. the late 80s, early 90s. Heck, going back to the 60s when it was Pro Throw versus McKay, the, yep. and those were. Very, very good programs back then. USC remains a national program. UCLA is the one that uh, often lets everybody down. But this year, that that is a really good offense.
1: Maybe the Pac-12 is a little bit better than we thought. Yeah. Maybe the Big 12 is a little bit better. But if you had told me before the season, okay, Jordy, week six, that the leaders in the uh, Big 12 are going to be Kansas State, TCU, and Oklahoma State. And I'd have gone What? Yeah, I, would, um, I, I, but they Oklahoma, are.
3: I picked Oklahoma State to win the league. But I also picked Kansas to be last. Uh, I didn't think uh, Kansas – I thought Kansas State was sort of a middle-of-the-pack team. Um, and Adrian Martinez is playing pretty good football. You know, There's not a lot of pressure on him because he's got Deuce Vaughn. That helps. And TCU, um, Sonny Dykes is doing a great job as a first-year coach. Um, yes. The interesting thing there, Max Duggan, the quarterback – that dude to it up, and he was beaten out in preseason camp for the starting job. But mm. Chandler Morris, which is uh, Chad Morris's kid, got hurt in game one. Duggan comes in and has been playing lights out. And we, Ivan Mazel wrote a story for us on Duggan last week, and he admits that in the past he was a little bit too hard on himself. Uh, he's relaxing, and he goes, for the first time I'm having fun. And man, yeah, of course he's having fun because he's putting up huge numbers, and TCU's unbeaten.
1: Mike Hugen and on three dot com, um, Oklahoma man, uh, man, what, how, yeah, their what? defense, wow,
3: it's 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 atrocious. And, and last week when 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 it came out that Dylan Gabriel wasn't playing, I think it was oh uh, they're losing. I don't think anybody saw forty nine nothing coming on, but you know their quarterback's Davis Bevel. He would have been number three at pit, the number three mm. quarterback at pit. He, he's not very good. So um, they've had a bunch of quarterbacks, obviously, transfer. Out, and I think if Dylan Gabriel were there last week, the game would have been vastly more entertaining and vastly closer. But, yeah, Brent Venables, uh, it's been a rocky uh, half of the season for him. There's already calls about, you know, oh, he's over his head. Now we know why. He hasn't been a head coach before. The dude six games into his tenure, and his quarterback got hurt. But I think the defensive problems there, uh, you know, Alex Grinch got a lot of grief when he was the D.C. there. Uh, I think it's it, the players aren't very good. And part of that, obviously, is on Grinch because he was a D.C. and recruited these guys. But there's only scheme only takes you so far. The dudes have to play well, and they have to be pretty good players to begin with. And I don't think Oklahoma has very many good players on defense.
1: All right. Let's enough of that. Let's take a quick time out here, if you don't mind. We've got so many great games to talk about and what's your thoughts on it. So we'll continue uh, with Michael Hugen on three dot com after this time out. But first, I must tell you that the Sweet Dough Pie Festival is coming back and serving up a slice of history and deliciousness. Every year, pastry chefs and home cooks vie to be crowned best in the Sweet Dough Pie Contest where the public is the judge. And of course, they never asked me to be the judge. And of course, a large variety of pies are available for purchase. The Sweet Dough Pie Festival returns Saturday, October 29th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Grand Coteau Town Park in Grand Coteau. For more information, call 337-331-6352 or visit the town of Grand Coteau's Facebook page. I'm ready to be a judge. I want to taste those pies. We'll be back with Mike Hugan, and after this, stay with us.
0: The guys here in the game dugout love baseball. It was the game that was passed down to them by their fathers. Hey, Dad? You want to have a catch? I'd like that. Not all of them had such heartwarming moments. This guy threw at his own kid in a father son game. Now back to more baseball talk here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: All right, We are back. Week seven of this college football season. Man, it might be one of the most exciting weekends in recent history. Six games between ranked opponents. Two that feature top ten teams facing off, each of which has major implications on the college football playoff race so michael Huguenin, let's get started we'll, we'll kind of do a teaser first and uh we mentioned the pac-12 how about the number seven usc trojans having to go to utah to take on the 20th ranked utes
3: yeah utah's defense last week got shredded by ucla and i think utah has realized that if it doesn't win this game it has no chance uh, of repeating as pac-12 champs so this is uh this is a big one. I think both yep. offenses have a lot of good players. Defensively, Utah has struggled at times. USC hasn't really faced a power running game yet, and I think Utah will, will will look to run. Also, obviously, the first time that Morgan Scally, the Utah D.C., gets to go against Lincoln Riley. So there's a lot of intrigue in this one, uh, and, and you figure that the, the defense for Utah – will come to play this week because it did not come to play last week
1: all right we'll see what happens there we've got to go out to um the horn frog land number eight oklahoma state at 13th ranked tcu can oklahoma state's pass defense hold
0: up
3: yeah i think so i think oklahoma state is the best team in the big 12 spencer sanders uh the quarterback you know they played for the big 12 title last year even though he was extremely uneven Um, he's playing at a much higher level this year they have an okay solid group of receivers an okay solid group of running backs uh, a nice offensive line a big time defensive line though and I think the defensive line is going to give TCU some issues Um, that that is it's you know two unbeatens and I think that game's being overlooked this week I think it's a gigantic game, and I I think Oklahoma State wins, and I think it'll be exceedingly close. And I think the winners are going to have to score in the mid
1: thirties. Boy, they got that Quentin Johnson's a really good wide receiver, and Oklahoma State gives up about over 400 yards of passing per game. So uh, they got to get some pressure on Max Duggan, or or Oklahoma State's going to be in trouble. I think.
3: Yeah, that's why I think it's going to be high scoring. I don't think either yeah. defense is going to have a lot of success. Now, Again, Oklahoma State's front four is really good. Um, they got a lot of guys who are going to be playing at the next level in that front yeah. four. Um, they got, you're right, they got to get pressure on Duggan, who's extremely mobile and has been a really thorn in every defensive side that he's played against because he is a really good runner. But right. I think Oklahoma State is better top to bottom, and I think they get to win.
1: Mike Hugan and On3.com. Let's head to the SEC, number 16, Mississippi State, at number 22, Kentucky. Only chance for the Wildcats is, is if Will Levis can give it a go, I think.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, you saw Kentucky last week um, without Levis. They lost at home to South Carolina. And, yes, Chris Rodriguez is back. But if, if you pair Chris Rodriguez with Will Levis, you have something. If you pair Chris Rodriguez with any other quarterback on the roster, you don't have anything. So, Levis's his availability is gigantic. Uh, I think this will be a relatively low-scoring game. I think both defenses mm. are going to do a good job. But you're right; I agree. If Levis plays, I think UK wins. If he doesn't, Mississippi State's going to win.
1: All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to the ACC. You know, um, no Jim Valvano versus Jim Boeheim, but. The 15th-ranked NC State Wolfpack at 18th-ranked Syracuse. NC State's pretty well battle-tested. Syracuse (laughs) hasn't faced a ranked team this year. This is the first matchup between ranked teams in the old Carrier Dome in 21 years. They've had some teams ranked, but Syracuse hasn't been ranked. So, um, first of all, how old is the Carrier Dome and who do you like in this one?
3: I think the Carrier Dome came online in the late 70s or early 80s. I know it replaced Manley Fieldhouse. I'm not sure yeah. when that happened. This is an interesting game. Uh, NC State beat Florida State last week. Right. Um, their defense won that game. I, it, I don't know if Devin Leary's playing for NC State, the quarterback. Uh, I think the biggest issue for NC State in this game, e- even if Leary plays, their offense is not good because – I don't think Tim Beck's a very good offensive coordinator. Okay. Um, the running backs are okay. The receivers are nothing special. The line is not very consistent. The flip side, the, the defense is a, a physical group, a battle-tested group, experienced group. You look at Syracuse, Garrett Schrader, the Mississippi State transfer, has been transformed this year by Robert and I, the offensive coordinator. If, I, I think Syracuse is winning. If Leary does not play, I don't think NC State really can move the ball. Syracuse is underrated defensively. This is a really good unit. They're very aggressive. they got two good corners. they got a couple dudes who can rush the passer. Uh, And and then Garrett Schrader and Sean Tucker, they have a really good one-two punch in the backfield. Again, I think if Devin Leary doesn't play, Syracuse is winning.
1: Michael, Lugan on 3com dot com. It's not ranked versus ranked, uh, but we've got to talk about LSU heading to the swamp to take on the Florida Gators in uh, in Gainesville. Um, neither one of the offenses has made that, you know, they've had once a couple of singular moments, but other than that, they've been kind of quiet. Um, You know, Florida had their big win over Utah. They had the narrow loss to Tennessee. LSU had their win over Mississippi State. They battled uh, Florida State, should have won that game, and then they got blown out by Tennessee. So what do you think about this one?
3: I think it's all on Anthony Richardson. If you're LSU, you do whatever you can to keep him in the pocket. Don't let him run. Uh, Focus on shutting down Florida's running game. Um, Florida's passing attack is extremely spotty. I, the, the, the one caveat to that, when they played Tennessee, Richardson threw for 400 plus yeah. Yeah. because Tennessee was so focused on stopping the run, so focused on stopping the run, and Florida took advantage. My presumption is LSU will will be a little bit more balanced. Don't don't let the you know don't Florida had receivers running wide open. And Richardson hit him, and he made some couple big plays. But Florida's receivers are nothing special. Florida's running backs are a solid group. And if Richardson gets going, he is extremely dangerous. Florida has all sorts of problems stopping the pass. Um, They do have a good pass rush, though. So in a lot of respects, both teams' weaknesses, I think, can be exposed. And I think the key is going to be Florida has a propensity to turn it over. So watch that. Uh, And Florida needs to make sure they don't let Jaden Daniels beat them, and LSU's got to make sure they don't let Anthony Richardson beat them, arm or legs. Same with Daniels. So I think Florida's going to win. I think the home field advantage will mean something. But, again, if if Anthony Richardson comes out and throws a first-period pick, Florida's in trouble because Richardson gets in his own head and has has admitted that when he makes mistakes, he tends to get down. So Hmm. if, if LSU can force a mistake early... Or a couple mistakes early, they'll get me in good shape. But again, I don't think this is not going to be an aesthetically pleasing game. I right. think it's going to be high twenties, low thirties. But but I think Florida wins.
1: All right, um, fair enough. Mike Hugen and on three dot com. Now the two biggest games of the weekend. Number ten, Penn State travels to the Big House to take on number five Michigan. I tell you what, uh, you give me a game with more elite running backs than these two teams okay. have. I don't think there is one Um, man alive. Uh, But, you know, who has Michigan played yet? That's the big question. Now it's their turn to show us what they're made of.
3: Yeah, and Blake Corum and Nick Singleton, that is a phenomenal running back matchup. And Auburn is not good. But Penn State went to Auburn and handled the crowd easily. I've been to games at Auburn. I've been to games at Michigan. It's vastly tougher to play at Auburn than it is Michigan. So the the crowd's not going to bother Penn State. The question I have for both these teams, okay, how much space is Corm going to have to run? How much space is Singleton going to have to run? And both teams have good backups, too. The Edwards mm-hmm. kid at Michigan uh, and Penn State's got Katron Allen. So th- this is a game about running backs. I think Sean Clifford – When Penn State has an effective running game, Sean Clifford is an above-average college quarterback. If Michigan can stymie Penn State's running game, though, I don't think Clifford can handle it. So, to me, this game comes down to both teams, how well they run. I think Penn State wins.
1: Who has the better quarterback? Because, I mean, I would imagine both teams are going to load the box up and please throw the ball. So who has the better quarterback?
3: Again, I think it comes back to if – if, if Penn State has any modicum of success running, I'm confident in Clifford. Still don't know how good J.J. McCarthy is. Yeah. He's completing, what, like 78% of his passes. But as you pointed out, let's get serious here, it, it, he hasn't played. played against anybody who can play defense. Right. So let's see what now, – now I guess – Let's see what they did play against Iowa. But let's see what, and, and and Iowa is really good defensively. But I still think in that game it was all about the Iowa, the Michigan running attack. I, I still think that Penn State wins this game because I have more faith in Clifford than I do in
1: McCarthy. All right, let's go down to uh, the biggest game of all: number three Alabama at number six Tennessee. So many question marks. The biggest one: does Bryce Young play? And the other thing is. This is old hat to Alabama. They they play this kind of game they every week. Whenever they go on there it's that big team's biggest game of the year. It's the largest crowd of the year. This is new territory for Tennessee. How do they handle, you know, the uh the adrenaline, the emotion? How do they handle that? Um boy, this is what a matchup and uh, yes. this is great. Can't wait to yes. see it, but what do you think?
3: I, I, again, I think it's all the – Bryce. if Bryce Young plays, I think Alabama wins. If he doesn't, Tennessee's winning. And the one thing I will say about the Vols, when they played at home against Florida, Florida threw into the end zone on the final play with a chance to win. Yes. And that's if that's a little bit alarming considering the t- the, for, for Tennessee's defense because if Bryce Young plays, he is going to slice and dice them. And all of a sudden, Jameer Gibbs now – is a big-time threat out of the backfield as a runner. But I wrote something today. The interesting thing about Jameer Gibbs, he has more yards in six quarters without Bryce Young on the field than he has in four-and-a-half games with Bryce Young on the field. So it's almost like there's an uneasy coexistence there. And granted, yes, the the play-calling changes. For Bill O'Brien, when Bryce Young's not there, but he has to find a way to keep Gibbs extremely ultra productive yeah. when Bryce Young comes back. Because let's get serious here: if you've got Bryce Young throwing for 350 and you got Jameer Gibbs running for 125, Man, there ain't nobody lose. beating Alabama. That's, right. That's um, right. And another thing: this will be by far the best defense Tennessee has seen. Um, I think that Will Anderson can do some damage against Tennessee's tackles. I think Alabama's linebackers need to be extremely active, and they usually are. And I also think the Alabama corners, specifically Kool-Aid McKinstry, needs to be ready because I think Tillman's going to play this game. Um, You know, Brew McCoy has sort of emerged from nowhere. He's, oh, Brew McCoy eventually will be a good player. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, he really is. The Hyatt kid's good. So this is going to be an extremely interesting game. Again, I think it all comes down to does Bryce Young play. If he does, the Tide win. If he doesn't, the Vols win.
1: Um, Man, special teams so important that man. I don't kick it to that McKinstry guy. Boy, is he good. He's a
3: phenomenal return man. It's it's sort of incredible how effective he's been. And again, this is you know those again those of us of a certain age remember when Alabama Tennessee was a gigantic deal. But, frankly, you know, in a lot of the 90s, Tennessee dominated. Since 2000, basically, Alabama has dominated. So um, it's nice to see these teams on equal footing, if, or, or at least somewhat equal footing, at least for this season. You know, Who knows what it's going to be like down the road for Tennessee when, when Hooker leaves. But um, this is, and this is a phenom- if Bryce Young plays, what a phenomenal quarterback matchup, Bryce Young versus Hendon Hooker. Yeah, So I, I gotta, um, the, to me, though, the key is it's all about Bryce Young.
1: I got to believe even if Young plays, he's not going to be 100%. And the good thing that they found in his absence is Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. So I got to believe they're going to utilize him uh, a lot more. Like you said, they're going to have more balance, and Young's going to hand that thing off. Um, and that will open up things for them. But, I, I, boy, I tell you what, I'm impressed with Tennessee and that offense. And their wide receivers are really good. There will be a lot of pressure on and Nick has, and Kendrick those Killman defensive backs.
3: I think the last – he missed the Florida game and he missed the LSU game and he's their best receiver. Um, it's a, Tennessee's got a fun offense to watch. There's a ton of space because they split their receivers so wide. But I'll be honest, i got to think that, you know, Saban and his, what, 3,000 analysts have yeah. broken down – Every facet of Tennessee's offense, um, Alabama won easily last year. Uh, I think Saban's going to have some things, and Pete Golden, the defensive coordinator, who is a very active D.C., they're going to have a couple things they have not shown yet that they mm-hmm. can throw at the balls. So h- how does Heupel and Alex Goldish, his, uh, his offensive coordinator, react to that? It is, it's, it is a big-time Alabama-Tennessee game, and, and frankly, yeah, I think that, that's good for the SEC.
1: I'm with you. Again, this is this is um, standard operating procedure for the Crimson That's Tide. Very this true. is very true. new territory for Tennessee. We shall see. Mike, thank you so much. It's a great weekend of college football. Enjoy every minute of it. Always enjoy it. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. You take care. We'll talk to you next week. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because... Once you become a member of our Rewards Club, you'll have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou or a $50 gift certificate to the Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen. But you can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple, so go sign up today. Coming up, hour number two, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Um, Jameis Winston was on the practice field today. Still no Michael Thomas. Still no Jarvis Landry. Kerselavi was out there, but uh, they got to get ready for the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. How many Joe Burrow Bengals or LSU jerseys are going to be in attendance or will the black and gold prevail? We'll talk about that with Bob and much, much more. This is the Jordy Helpert Show. One hour down, one to go on the game. 103.7 Lafayette, one Lake Charles, your home for the LSU Tigers. And how about them walk off winning Houston Astros here in Southwest Louisiana?
0: Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for 2 hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber,
1: Jordy Holtberg. Our number two of two, and away we go. We'll talk a lot NFL with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network coming up soon. We've got two games in the Major League playoffs today. Uh, Philadelphia is up one game to zip over the Atlanta Braves. Game two today starting in about... Uh, 33 minutes uh in atlanta and then tonight it will be the san diego padres taking on the los angeles dodgers with the dodgers up one zip and of course today 6 30 the thundering herd of marshall at three and two overall will host the raging cajuns from ul who are two and three uh, they have dropped their final three games uh no chandler fields it'll be ben woolridge's opportunity chris smith <laughs> May not be a go at all in this one with that hamstring situation. So um backs against the wall. It's going to be a tough, tough matchup for um, the Ragin' Cajuns, without question, without doubt. Of course, the Saints will take on the um, Cincinnati Bengals. Been nearly three years since Joe Burrow was in the Caesars Superdome when he led... LSU to their fourth national championship, that perfect undefeated season, that greatest season in college football history. He said today at a press conference, it's a place where a lot of good memories are made. He also said, I'm excited to go back. I'm excited to see all the fans that supported me, but they aren't going to be rooting for us this time. Um, well, we'll see. We we will see. Um Joe's going to have plenty of Saints fans rooting for him, but I believe the Saints ultimately want the Saints to win this thing. So so we shall see. Um, the Saints lost a, a couple of uh, running backs last week, and because of that, they signed veteran Jordan Howard to the practice squad um, just to see, well, you know, he played with the Chicago Bulls. Um, This was reported by NewOrleansFootball.com. He's rushed for over 4,600 yards with the Bears, the Eagles, and the Dolphins. Latavius Murray, boom, was claimed off the practice squad by the Broncos. Tony Jones, boom, claimed off waivers by the Seattle Seahawks. So it's just another little bit of an insurance policy there. The NBA begins its season one week from today. So uh, they're winding things down in these playoffs uh just just for play's sake um it's uh not that uh not that important but for the pels to be successful uh they've got to have zion williamson ha- uh, healthy they've got to have brandon ingram healthy i sure did like seeing trey murphy uh catch fire um as the pels stayed perfect in their preseason win against the spurs uh that is his job to come in and shoot and i think it's very pivotal Uh, to the Pels' success if he can consistently knock down threes. Last season, the Pels ranked 24th in three-point attempts. Even worse, they were 27th in three-point percentage. The season before that, they were 25th and 26th, respectfully, in those categories. They need three-point shooting, and that's why the Pels selected Trey Murphy with their 17th pick in the 2021 draft. Improved their outside shooting. And so he certainly gave us a little taste, a little appetizer when he knocked down seven threes when the Pels beat the Spurs one eleven ninety seven at the AT&T Center in San Antonio the other day. Uh, they're 3-0 and in the preseason, which means nothing. They've got to stay healthy. They've got to keep Zion and Brandon Ingram, who's yet to play in the preseason, ready to go. And uh, you don't need to play ingram anymore you don't even need to play zion anymore um you just need to get them ready when they tip it off against brooklyn in brooklyn so mccullum and herb jones in the backcourt zion brandon ingram and Jonas valanchunas in the frontcourt uh, jose alvarado murphy and all these guys coming off the bench so um that's what they've got to do they've got to stay healthy they've got to stay ready to go and uh, we we will see. Boy, some great, great matchups. Still no word. Nick Saban's hopeful that Bryce Young can return versus the Tennessee Volunteers. Um, with him, they're great shape. Without him, boy, you got to favor Tennessee. But as we said with Michael Huguenin, this is it's 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 so it's like Kentucky basketball. It really is. Wherever Alabama plays. Whoever they play on the road, it's that team's biggest game of the year. It's the biggest crowd that that stadium has all year long, all year long. And how does Tennessee handle that? That's the big question. Uh, The the other matchup in the SEC besides LSU at Florida, Mississippi State on the road to battle Kentucky. Um, Will Rogers, boy, I'd love to see the Will Rogers, Will Levis matchup but is Levis going to be able to play that's that's so so critical for them so much on the line this week with so many great 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 matchups going on um in other LSU news Will Campbell has been rele- was released from the hospital on Monday the the freshman offensive left tackle uh he practiced a little bit yesterday Brian Kelly thinks that they are going to be Uh, in good shape with him time will tell Uh, Florida has one of the country's best offensive lines their pass protection their rushing stats certainly support that claim Florida's given up only four sacks through six games which is tied for the fifth fewest in the FBS and the second fewest in the SEC in the rushing department Florida gets 6.4 yards per carry that's third best among all FBS schools they are the only SEC team with three players inside the top 10 in yards per carry. However, on the flip side, Florida gives up the second most rushing yards per game, 186 of any team in the SEC. The question is, can LSU run the ball? Can they do it? It seemed unlikely a year ago, if you remember, Remember LSU just ran for 18 yards last week. They're running backs. 18 yards. That's unacceptable. Last year, LSU was having a tough time running the football. They get to Florida and they got right. Who can who can forget Ty Davis Price single game rushing record of 287 yards against Florida? 287. Nobody saw that coming. So you just don't know from week to week to week. Um Passing game? LSU's a top five passing offense in the SEC. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Jaden Daniels completed 32 passes against Tennessee, that ties with Joe Burrow for the third highest single game total in school history. So they're throwing it. But are, are they throwing it vertically enough for you? LSU ranks dead last in the SEC in passing plays of 20 or more yards so they have got to try and take the top off the defense even if it's incomplete everybody's playing up so close that's why you can't run the ball either so take some shots down the field but boy oh boy um what a tough place they have to go and play what a tough place um both teams are practically equal on offense LSU still remains in the top four in the conference in total defense. Florida is in the bottom four. But the one thing Florida doesn't do is they don't beat themselves. They, they're the second fewest penalty yards in the conference through six games. So um, there you go. There you go. Uh, we, we shall see. Uh, special teams, well, I, I don't know what to expect. You know, I, I don't know what you do there. I don't know how you do it, but you got to do something. Uh, so uh, we shall see. I was remiss. Back to the uh, the Pelicans. I was remiss. Congratulations to former LSU guard Javante Smart for uh, getting signed up with with the Pels. Uh, from Scotlandville, Louisiana. Spent time in the G League with the Bucks in the heat before Miami waived him clearing the way for his former Tiger teammate Darius Days to sign a training camp deal. So Javante Smart gets another opportunity, and we wish him the very, very best. Um, let's see here. Let's see here. What did I not... Uh, tune in tonight from 6 to 7 for the McNeese Coaches Show, presented by Maplewood Burgers, Lina bed out of Westlake, and the Southwest Louisiana Law Center. Jim Gazzolo will be talking tonight with head basketball coaches. Lynn Kennedy and John Aiken as the McNeese Coaches Show will be broadcasting from the Maplewood Burgers at 4453 Nelson Road. So tune in tonight for the McNeese Coaches Show right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest
4: Louisiana Sports Station. James Mesh, take it away. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using promo code KLWB. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to even player props. And with live betting, you'll be able to get updated odds on games that you've already started with. And then you get paid your winnings fast when your bet hits. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP all right there you go um so again if you missed anything in hour
1: number one gerald broussard gave us a preview of the raging cajuns matchup against marshall coming up at six thirty tonight uh michael huganin joined us so many good college football games penn state at michigan with alabama at tennessee uh, all that you can go on demand and find those but still to come Bob Rose of the Saints News Network joins us for the weekly version of the Black and Gold Report, normally on a Tuesday, but because of the Astros, it's on a Wednesday, and we'll be right back with that after this timeout on the game. It's
0: time for Jordy to march into some New Orleans Saints talk with Saints News Network's Bob Rose. Here is the Black and Gold Report with Bob Rose. Here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station.
1: Uh, Good afternoon, Bob. How you doing today, my friend?
0: Good afternoon,
5: Jordy. I'm doing well. You know what? How dare the Astros playoff schedule impede with the Jordy Haltberg show? I cannot believe that you guys let that happen.
1: Well, that's that's why we're thankful to get you on a Wednesday. And uh because we I know we have to look forward to the Bengals coming, and that sets a whole nother trend, but we gotta look back. Uh man, if you told me that was gonna be the way that game turned out, that score, no way. But Hey, take the win and run with it, right?
5: Hey, that's my philosophy. Uh, but, yeah, if you just – you'd have told me leading up to the game that Seattle was going to put up 32 points, I'd have bet that the Saints would have lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but kudos to them. Uh, yeah, de- Defensively, they did not play well. They did not play consistently, mm-hmm. I'll say that. Uh, yeah, but offensively, despite the uh, depleted receiving core and being down four starters, uh, yeah, you, you got to give credit – to Pete Carmichael first for developing the game plan, right, uh, and then of course the monstrous efforts by both Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, just dragging that team to victory.
1: Uh, you're right. Um, they finished with 235 yards on the ground Sunday, the fifth most put up by any team so far this season. They had 48 rushing attempts, their most in a single game since Week 10 of the 2017 season. So that's coaching, as as you mentioned. Okay, here's who we have. Here's who we don't have. Let's try not to make the guys that are coming in for those that we don't have be any better than they are. Because if they were, they'd be starting. So let's get Kamara involved. And we talked about it. Man, Taysom Hill, thank goodness he was healthy and good to go. It's the best game he's ever played as a Saint.
5: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, you know, and just and I wrote this in my uh, uh post game article too. Just Taysom Hill's stat line alone in the first half, 39 rushing yards, a couple touchdowns, uh, you know, in in on that, uh, you know, botched punt uh, Mm -hmm. that that the Saints caused. That was an impressive enough stat line for a player of his – We'll call it status, you know, the the wild card, right? Uh, yeah. And then what he did in the second half, I mean, yeah, you know, he just when he when Taysom Hill is on, he he fuel, he's a fuel injector for that entire team, offense, defense, and special teams, and yeah, you know, it, it's a sight to behold. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm not about to jump on a soapbox and say Taysom Hill needs more snaps, but when he does what he does with the snaps he gets, it's just yeah. it, it, it's an awesome sight to see.
1: It was amazing, the versatility. Um, I I looked this up, and the Saints scored touchdowns out of their 11 personnel, which is one running back and one tight end. They scored out of their 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends. Their 13 personnel, which you can do the math, one running back, three tight ends. And then they had a, a really special jumbo formation with two extra offensive linemen and three tight ends, with Hill at the quarterback spot. Um, you, nobody has to be a road scholar to figure out what they were going to do with that, but they still did it. Um, that's pretty cool stuff.
5: Yeah, it is. And yeah. And again, I go, I go back to coaching. I, yeah, I have been highly yeah. critical of Pete Carmichael and Good really too. Dennis Allen's whole staff this year. Uh but you know, for, for Pete to say, like you like you eloquently put it a moment ago, for Pete to say, okay, we got Olave out. Thomas is out. Landry is out. Deontay's out. I am just going to shove the ball down your throats. Mm-hmm. You can't deal with Kamara. Let's see how you could deal with Taysom Hill. Oh, wait, you can't? Well, we're going to come at you with that too, then.
1: I mean, yeah, we saw Hill run it, we saw him throw for one, but I love how Kamara ran for over 100 and caught passes for nearly 100. That's when that's when you're getting the best out of him. You you gotta get him snaps.
5: Absolutely. And, you know, for the first time really in a year and a half, because we, you know, in my opinion, we haven't seen it since the middle of last year. We were seeing Kamara motion out of the backfield, coming out wide in the slot, even out wide as a, you know, a traditional wide receiver. They were using him as a receiver more so than a decoy. Yeah, uh, you know, Like you said, Jordy, that's when Kamara is at his best. He's a, he's a good running back, you know, pure running back. He is an elite once-in-a-generational talent when you use him all over the field.
1: Yeah, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. If I had told you the Saints defensively would line up JT Gray, Daniel Sorensen, and Justin Evans late in a game with the game on the line, you'd have called me nuts, but that that's where we are. This injury bug is killing New Orleans.
5: Yeah. And they got killed all game long uh, you know, at the safety position yeah. uh, you know, position. You and I were worried about coming in because of the new faces. Uh, it wasn't so much because of the new faces. It was the faces that weren't there. Uh, you know, Marshawn Lattimore ended up leaving the game uh, in the second half. And, you know, as you know, Marcus made PJ Williams out. Uh, and, and the Seahawks just victimized the Saints down the middle all game long. And, you know, it, they And this is no disrespect to Geno Smith because he's having a spectacular season. But you line up that secondary, that kind of secondary that you just pointed out against Joe Burrow, that man might throw for 600 yards.
1: Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Um, They got to figure out, boy, they missed Marcus May and P.J. Williams badly, badly. Um, You know, we we won't know how the Saints are going to fare against Cincinnati until we see that injury report later on in the week. Um, and I, I, I just don't know, right? I mean, what do you do?
5: Hey, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, you know, and most weeks I go into an injury report thinking, you know, it, okay, well, yeah, you know, th- this person will have to step up, that person will have to step up. You know, this week, yeah, you know, you're you're looking at Alave, Thomas, Landry. Uh, you know, you don't have at least two of those three guys. Uh, you're, you're not going to do anything against Cincinnati because the Bengals are spectacular against the run. They get after the passer, but they're vulnerable on at the cornerback spot, especially some guy named uh, you know, Apple uh, yeah. at the one edge. Yeah. You need those wide receivers. Uh, you know, I don't have to tell you how talented the Bengals are. Joe Burrow at quarterback, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, yeah. Hayden Hurst at, uh, at tight end. Uh, you know, they don't get May back. They don't have a healthy Lattimore. They're in deep, deep trouble. So yeah, yeah, this week is the injury report uh, yeah, is much, much more critical than you know, than most average weeks for the New Orleans
1: Saints. Uh, Bob, thank goodness for Cam Jordan. Um, he, I thought he played one of his better games a while. He was a part of two of the Saints, three sacks. He was mm-hmm. disruptive. Um, he just he was all over the field, it seemed like.
5: Yeah, he was. And, yeah, you know, this second straight week Cam has played uh, yeah, yeah, Cam has played canball. Uh, Yeah, I do doing exactly what we know that he is capable of doing, uh, you know, even, you know, even after 12 years in the league. Uh, And he was credited for a sack and a half. Like you said, he could have had two more. I mean, Geno Smith made a marvelous individual effort just to get back to the line of scrimmage on two plays. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, but they were they were plays that killed Seattle drives. Uh, You know, Cam. Cam is still playing at that all pro level. I would like the rest of the defense to play a little more consistently. I know their numbers aren't bad as a unit, uh, you know, but they're consistently consistency this season, uh, worries me a lot. Uh, you know, but we, we've seen Cam put up great numbers on bad defenses before. Uh, you know, I, I think he could be a real difference maker against Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati offensive line this Sunday.
1: Difference maker. Um, I, I've got to ask you about the quarterback position. Uh, maybe, I don't know. How can I word this? I just feel safer with Andy Dalton at quarterback. I mean, I know safe isn't the call, but I just feel like things work a little easier with him in the lineup. Um, How do you feel about what Andy Dalton's done and when Jameis Winston's ready to go again? I, I agree with what you're saying.
5: And I'm a Jameis Winston fan. Uh, you know, he, he certainly gives you more explosive potential uh, than Dalton does. But like you said, you're not worried that... Every other play could be a turnover. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, you're not worried that Andy Dalton is going to hold on to the ball too long, although he did twice on Sunday, uh, you know, and, and take a sack or have a, you know, a throw disrupted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Jameis Winston needs to be when Jameis Winston is playing well. It's because coaches or teammates or himself manages to reel him in. Mm-hmm. uh you know and with Andy Dalton he's such a veteran presence uh you know he he knows the offense he's a student of the game uh you know he 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 is always going to take what the defense gives you uh you know he doesn't have to get the 50 yard play down the field when the 5 yard play you know, 5 yard catch and run is right there in front of him uh you know so i got to believe that if you're Pete Carmichael and Dennis Allen that you do feel more secure with Andy Dalton uh you know and it won't hurt Jameis Winston to rest another week. Watch a, a, a consummate game manager. Uh, you know, and if Andy Dalton is ever going to get too excited for a game, it would be this week against the team that drafted him, the Cincinnati Bengals. So if Andy Dalton gets a start, and I think he will, uh, you know, and Dalton can rein in his emotions, uh, you know, if Winston cannot take a cue from that, uh, you know, then yeah, you have to consider staying with Andy Dalton for the long term uh through the rest of the year
1: yeah god just uh look and look man oh, Traquan Smith dude how many chances do you need to get you can't catch the ball your quarterback gets hit right in the face steps up in the pocket uh, the pressures on throws a perfect pass and you, and you drop it uh, <coughs> come on man what what's up with that?
5: Listen, you're preaching to the choir there. Yeah. Here, you know, I, yeah, I wanted Trey Smith off my team three and a half years ago.
1: Yeah,
5: uh, yeah, it, it, I I've, we've heard it all. Yeah. He, he's a good blocker. He knows the system. Well, you know what, what, what are wide receivers paid to do? They're paid to catch the darn ball. Yeah. They're paid to get separation. And those are two things that Trey Smith cannot and has never been able to do. Uh, I, I go with Keith Kirkwood. Uh, you know, I, I give Kirk Mara I go shot with on anybody. The practice squad, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, any anybody at this point, uh, you know, over Trey Smith.
1: True. How about the best play call of the day um, for Pete Carmichael? Third quarter, uh, Seattle rushes six defenders. He, perfect time for a screen pass. They throw it to Kamara. There's nobody around him. 54 yard gain afterwards. Uh, man, that's. That was vintage.
5: Vintage is a great way to put it. Uh, you know, and, you know, like we said a little bit ago, Camaro was effective as a receiver in that game, even before that long pass. Uh, but that is the exact way to use Alvin Camaro. Uh, and, you know, that was another play, too, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, Taysom Hill, I think, was lined up. Uh, yeah, he took a Wildcat snap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and Camaro came out for a bubble screen in the Seahawks defense, rightfully so all reacted to him uh, you know, and gave Taysom an open running lane on the other side of the field. Uh, yeah, that's just what Alvin Kamara can do to a defense, can do in a football game. And you know, I, I did. I, you know, I hate to keep coming back to coaching, but it, you know, as critical as I've been of the coaching this year, it feels kind of good to give them praise. I thought Pete Carmichael just called an outstanding game. That play call being you know, the, the perfect example of why.
1: Taysom Hill's best game, Alvin Kamara's best game, Pete Carmichael's best game—it kind of all works hand in hand. So uh, uh, you know, and look, even Hill threw it for one. He ran for three, but that that block late in the fourth quarter—I mm-hmm. uh, mean, he's a—he's just a baller. He's a baller. That's all I can say, Bob.
5: <laughs> yeah, and that, you know that was a crushing block. Everybody wants to talk about Taysom's statistics on Sunday,
1: yeah.
5: and, and I'm right there. You know, he, he deserves praise for that. Uh, but it's the little things that Taysom Hill can do in a football game. Uh, you know, they, the Saints felt comfortable enough listing him as a tight end. I mean, it's been the same old Taysom Hill, mm-hmm. uh, but they yeah you know, they felt comfortable enough at least working him into you know some game plans as a tight end because he's just such a physical player. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know you're going to give him uh, that he's going to give you. Uh, you know 100% uh, on every single snap and you know if Taysom Hill doesn't make that block I'm not sure Alvin Kamara picks up that first down uh, and maybe Geno Smith and company get the ball back with a lot more time on the clock to potentially put a score up to tie that football game
1: yeah well Saints get the win now Joe Burrow comes to town and we're going to take a quick timeout. we'll talk about that and there is an NFC South job opening so say it isn't so Sean Payton say it isn't so as we continue with the black and gold report here with Bob Rose on the Jordy Holtberg show on the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles we'll be back in just a minute
0: every day is a chamber of commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holtberg show this is the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles your hall for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana.
1: Right, we are back as we continue with Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. And the New Orleans Saints will uh, be at home in the Dome yet again for a noon kickoff as the Cincinnati Bengals come to town. And the big proverbial question, Bob, is are all these Saints fans or are there, or are they LSU fans going to a Saints game how many Joe Burrow jerseys are going to be in that house i hope not many cuz the Saints need the Saints fans to show up
5: yeah they do uh yeah the the, the Saints need that home crowd to be rowdy in their favor uh you yeah, know really give Joe Burrow and that Cincinnati cadence on offense problems uh, but i think there's going to be a lot of you know, a lot of fans i hear it already and i see it on social media uh, yeah well, I'm a Saints fan, but I root for Joe Burrow. That's fine, but not this Sunday. Not okay this, yeah, not this Sunday every other side. Let him go let him go 16 and one uh, yeah, on the year and with that one loss being against the Saints, I am just fine I like Joe Burrow too. I'm a closet Cincinnati fan, one of my favorite teams to watch in the AFC, but I do not want them to be successful in any way shape or form this
1: Sunday burrow throwing it Mixon and running it chase catching it that's a prolific offense how has his pro- he's still getting beat up a bunch um protection wise they went and got guys in free agency they went guys in the draft but that offensive line eggs to the saints in their defensive pass rush maybe
5: jordy i'd say so uh yeah i definitely say so and Uh, Yeah, the the offense, the pass protection has been a little bit better in the last couple games. Burroughs went down 18, 19 times this year, uh, but 13 of those sacks came in the first two games. But like you said, he's still getting hit a lot. Uh, yeah, even if he's not going down by a sack, and that offensive line of Cincinnati's, they ain't running, they ain't opening up holes for Nixon in that running game either. The Bengals are only averaging 3.3 yards per carry. That's next to last in the NFL. Uh, yeah, that tells me if the Saints run defense comes to play, they can make the Cincinnati one-dimensional. Now I realize, of course, that dimension is very, very dangerous. Uh, but Cam, you know, Cam Jordan, we just lauded, uh, applauded him for performances the last two weeks. He needs to bring it this Sunday. Marcus Davenport is playing some underrated ball. Uh, you know, and Marcus needs to bring it too. Uh, and David Onyamata, I welcomed Alvin sarcastically welcomed Alvin Kamara back into the two, 2022 season in my postgame article this past Monday. I would love to welcome David Anyamata to the twenty twenty-two season with a great performance uh next Monday.
1: This is true. This is kind of a uh reuniting of the Bengals and Andy Dalton if he starts in this game I don't know if he will or not are you surprised the Bengals are favored uh they're both two and three they've had their struggles they, they lost to Baltimore only scored 17 points Saints coming off of their highest score does that does that uh surprise you
5: Not completely. i got to believe that the Vegas oddsmakers have taken a look at the Saints injury report. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. We we gave out that ugly list before the break. Uh, Yeah, if if the Saints are completely healthy, uh, then I think that this game is at the very least even money in the Dome, uh, with probably the Saints being favored by a couple points. But if I'm making the odds to at least start the week looking at that Saints injury report, I'm going to favor the Bengals by a couple, too.
1: Joe Burrow is so cool, calm, and collected. Nothing seems to rattle him. So what what is the game plan uh, that you put up against this guy who, last time he played in the Superdome, uh, he was pretty good for the LSU Tigers with that 2019 uh, masterful, incredible season?
5: Historically good, Jordy. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, even if you can't emotionally rattle Joe Burrow, you got to hit him. Uh, You got to rush him. You got to get him out of his comfort level. Uh, You have to man up on those receivers, get physical with them at the line of scrimmage. Uh, And and Chase and Higgins in particular, they're taller, leaner guys. So I'm thinking if you lean on them, if you bash them around a little bit, it might you're not you're not going to cause them to lose composure. But you could force them out of their route. Uh, you know, and, and uh, delay Burrow in releasing the football. Uh, you have to, they're, they're too explosive. You have to keep Tyron Matthew and hopefully, fingers crossed, Marcus May over the top. I would go a two high safety deep formation to prevent any big plays down the field because Burrow will, will hit them. Uh, you know, allow Lattimore, Adebo, Roby to get physical with those receivers up front. Uh, you know, and you, know, you bring Demario Davis on blitzes, but you need to get to Burrow with your front four.
1: Good point. Um, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. I mentioned uh, briefly before the break that Matt Rule is going to get paid something like $834,000 a month for the next 48 months not (laughs) to coach the Carolina Panthers. The first call Carolina is going to make is to Sean Payton or his agent. Would Sean Payton go to Carolina if, I mean, if all circumstances were right? I thought maybe – the quarterback spot not very good there would he go there or wait wait around you think
5: if i'm sean payton i do take that call uh yeah and you know, knowing knowing sean the way we do i think he would love to go up against the new orleans saints a couple of times a year uh but Sean would have to be guaranteed complete control uh, uh, over that organization. So the general, uh, Panthers general manager might have a little say-so about that. Uh, and, and you're right. I cannot see Sean Payton going anywhere without a, an, a potential answer at the – no, not poten- a slam-dunk answer at the quarterback position. Now, the way the Panthers are playing, that answer might come in the form of a high draft pick, uh where you know where payton could presumably mold a quarterback in his system the way he wants to do it uh and, and the way we've seen veteran quarterback shuffled throughout the league in the last couple of off seasons the answer might come from there too i don't want to see sean payton in the division for a number of reasons uh, and the new orleans saints organization uh they would certainly have some say-so on where, if anywhere, Peyton ends up in the 2023 season. Okay. And you got to think that if it's a division rival or even a conference foe uh, that comes a call in, that your asking price is going to be a whole heck of a lot higher.
1: Yeah. Did you ever see that movie about Sean Peyton in the in the year he sat out? Did you ever watch that? I, I did. saw it the I, other I, night for the first time.
5: <laughs> I did. It, yeah, it, it's entertaining. It's cute. I, I would
1: suggest it. Yeah, it was cute. Course, till the very end, I'm not going to say what it was, but that was that was pretty. Oh, my God, that, get a new hairstyle or whatever. Anyway, uh, Bob Rose Saints News Network. Um, all right, so we talked about that. Well, there are two outstanding NFL games this weekend, and one's in the late afternoon on Sunday, and one is Sunday night. Um, Buffalo at four and one, heading to Kansas City at four and one. We've seen what Mahomes has done. Man, Josh Allen, uh, two star-studded quarterbacks. I mean, this is, uh, wow. It's a shame they're both in the AFC. That could be a Super Bowl matchup if one was in the NFC. But what do you think of Buffalo at Kansas City?
5: uh it's going to be must see tv i mean kansas yeah buffalo's got to have a chip on their shoulder too kansas city has ended their season the last two years uh yeah buffalo looks like the more complete team right now uh but they have some injuries that they're dealing with on their own on that defensive side uh and if you have some injuries in the secondary in particular patrick mahomes is going to exploit it uh i'll be very interested to see defensively, how the Buffalo Bills play the Kansas City Chiefs. Offensively, I think Josh Allen is going to be able to move the ball up and down the field, so I do expect another shootout like we have seen with the last few matchups between these teams.
1: Easier said than done, but I think the best way to to limit what Mahomes does is to keep him in the pocket. He's great when he gets out of the pocket and he's throwing side arms or underhanded or whatever he does, flipping it over his shoulder. Boy, you keep him in the pocket and get your hand. I, I, would, I would much rather test him that way than let him break containment and get outside.
5: Yeah, so would I. Uh, yeah, and we made the comparison about Alvin Kamara earlier. We called him a very good runner, but an elite once in a generation football player when you use his skill set properly. I would venture the same about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick is a very is a good pocket passer, but he is as dangerous as you'll ever see once you get him on the move, yeah, uh, you know, and, and and force him to improvise. So yeah, I would keep him in the pocket too. If possible. Uh, yeah,
1: Bob Rose Saints News Network. And then following that on Sunday night, Dallas at four and one. Who'd have thought when you lose Dak Prescott, you put in the second quarterback and he's he's like keeps winning and winning and winning. And Philadelphia at five and oh, these two teams hate each other. It's a it's a division rival Uh or, you know, it's just, man, this is another one. I can't wait to see this one.
5: Yeah, I can't either. Normally, I hate to watch Dallas Cowboy games, yeah. but uh, but but I, I think I'm going to be tuning in for this one. I we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams. Uh, you know, if Philly. If I were to rank my Power Five right now, Philly is number one. Philly's at the top, and that okay. disgusts me to say. Uh, but they they've just done it in every facet of the game. Uh, you know, how is Jalen Hurts going to be as a quarterback, as a thrower of the football against a Dallas defense that's been very very good at rushing the passer? Is Jalen going to make plays uh, in in the passing game to allow that Philadelphia offense to continue to click? Because if he can, uh, and any any critics of the Philadelphia Eagles have always come to the same thing first. Jalen Hurts is not an elite quarterback. If he proves that he can be, then the sky is the limit for this Eagles defense or uh, this Eagles team that is stacked on both sides.
1: They're boy, they're they're good man and they're gonna be at home and that's gonna be loud and crazy um if that Prescott were healthy would you it's kind of like the Jameis Winston Saints thing um but Cooper Rush has won like three in a row I think or four in a row whatever um do you make a change or do you keep going with the hot end until he can't go anymore
5: man I think I, I think that's a tougher call. Uh... Because yeah, Dak's a very good quarterback, and I like Dak Prescott, but Cooper Rush has just been playing so well. And you're right. It's the same comparison with Dalton and Winston. Uh, you know, Cooper is not nearly as explosive as, as Dak Prescott, but he's playing well enough to win football games for you. I think if I'm Mike McCarthy, I ride the hot hand and go with Cooper Rush in this one.
1: I'm with you. Um, Bob Rose, Saints News Network. So you got Philadelphia number one. Who's number two? Buffalo, Kansas City, who's number two?
5: I go Buffalo, two. Uh, Kansas City is three, uh, you know, because they're they they, uh, they they're really coming together as a football team. Uh, yeah, really, after that top three, there's quite a drop-off.
1: Are you surprised at the the job that Brian Dable has done with the New York Giants?
5: A little, and it's not yeah, – no disrespect toward Brian Dable as a coach. I really like him. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's just what he's doing – that, that Giants team lacks talent everywhere. Uh, I mean, I look down their roster and there, you know, there's very, very few names that jump off the page at me. A couple defensive, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley on offense. And that's really it. Uh, you know, Dable and – yeah, we'll, we'll see if it's sustainable. Usually we see a team you know, come out of nowhere uh, to, to shoot out of the gate with such a hot start like the Giants have. And more often than not, they're fading by midseason. Uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens with the Giants. But you know, a- after the first quarter plus game of the year, Brian Dable's got to be your NFL coach of the year.
1: I got to be They're four and one and they are, are, are just uh, remarkable. We got to get the Falcons there at home. They take on the 49ers in that defense. We had to get the Falcons uh, to lose. The Bucks are at the Steelers. The Steelers are just falling apart, man. They, I don't know what's going, man. They, they look terrible against Buffalo. Maybe they bounce <laughs> back and give Tampa Bay uh, uh, a little run for their money. You never know. Right. But we, we got to keep watching these other teams and, and hope they keep losing because the Saints are right in the thick of it.
5: Yeah, they are. Even at a 2 and 3 record uh, and you always root for your divisional rivals to lose uh but in this case it's meaningful if they do. Uh yeah, it, uh, Tom Brady has crucified the Steelers throughout his career. So I don't I'm with you. I don't expect much there uh you know, from Pittsburgh. Uh yeah, Atlanta San Francisco that, that's a sneaky play. Atlanta's uh, you know, been winners, good. Right. Atlanta's playing decent ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, again, just like we said with the Giants, there's not a whole lot of talent that jumps off the page with you when you look at the Falcons roster. But I've always liked Arthur Smith as a coach. I think he's doing a fantastic job. And that Falcons team is playing more physical football than we have seen from them in the last five, six, seven years.
1: Aren't the Panthers in tank mode now? <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe.
5: Maybe, uh, you know, especially Mayfield's if you're going to be out
1: with... for two to four weeks, whatever. Darnold's, I mean, they might even be wanting to trade Christian McCaffrey.
5: Uh, maybe. I can't see it happening because, you know, Christian McCaffrey is obviously a centerpiece for what you want to do moving forward, uh, but I – I wouldn't give them a heavy workload and risk injury or you know, yeah. wearing those tires. Then uh, yeah, I'd be a little bit more creative with my game plan. Uh, but, yeah, if I'm Panthers ownership and I'm eyeing up a name like Sean Payton, uh, I, I'm going to want to get a high draft pick uh, to, to maybe snag one of those quarterbacks that are going to be coming in the 2023 draft. Uh, yeah. So I. I hesitate to say tanking, but I'm maybe not as urgently trying to win football games. We'll put it that way. <laughs> uh,
1: I understand completely, my friend. Um, Bob, thank you so much. Uh, give me a score. Saints-Bengals. What do you think? Oh,
5: wow. that uh, Nation, don't hate me uh, because they, I, I think the Saints can win, and I think they're capable of winning. But I can see the Bengals coming out of this one uh, by a score of thirty to twenty-seven. I do think it's going to be a very close, entertaining game, and I think the Saints' defense is going to make some noise on Joe Burrow. Right, we but I think them. the ban- I think the Bengals. The bang-
1: I think that's the first time, one of the few times ever in our, our history that you picked the team. To beat the Saints in the Dome, so there you go. All right, we shall see.
5: And it it saddens me. I I hope Who that Nation don't go, don't come calling for my head because it's not a pick I want to make.
1: They respect your candor and your honesty, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. Always a pleasure.
5: Have a great week, my friend. Can't wait. You got
1: it, Bob Rose, Saints News Network.
0: in next week to the Jordy Holtberg show for the black and gold report with Bob Rose here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You know the routine, eat, drink, sleep, and sports all day every day you're listening to the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station
1: all right finishing touches to this uh wednesday october 12th edition good luck to the raging cajuns tonight as they take on marshall special thanks to gerald broussard for coming on board in the broadcast booth i uh, hope they hopefully the cajuns can uh and that three-game slide. Thanks to uh, Mike Huguenin for coming on as well. Bob Rose of the Saints News Network. Fun, fun show for all. Now, tomorrow, game two of the Astros and Mariners. So we will be off tomorrow, but we'll be back on Friday. So keep that uh, in mind as we will uh, give you all of our thoughts and final innuendos dealing with lsu versus florida saints and the bengals will make our picks and do all that kind of fun fun stuff if today october 12th is your birthday happy birthday from all of us to all of you you share yours with what a talented player he was he was the college football uh, heisman trophy winner back in 1993 for florida state he's in the college football hall of fame but he was so good, he said, I don't want to play football. I want to go play in the NBA. And he did for the New York Knicks. Happy 52nd birthday to one Charlie Ward. And that's when the Seminoles used to be. Woo, woo. They were some kind of good. Um, so happy birthday to um, Charlie Ward, part of the Heisman House. Um, again, we're off tomorrow astros mariners will be back friday uh october the 14th so james um thank you for all you do i greatly appreciate it more than you know thanks to all of you for listening in in whatever form or fashion that you do radio internet television we've got you covered on all fronts um enjoy the baseball tomorrow Come on back Friday, same time, 2 to 4 p.m. Central. Same stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Um, so until then, I am Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's far and away the most important thing. Let's be kind to one another and, uh, and be happy. Until Friday. So long, everybody.